here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. Let's get after it this morning, huh, Bison Nation? Your herd is 8-0, undefeated, 4-0 in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Big wins over the upper echelon teams in the Valley. South Dakota State, check, gut punch, Elmer Fudd, them. Yeah, I got to be careful using that four-letter F word to make sure I say Fudd. Shotgun spray to the bunnies. Down in Brookings last weekend, that win still feels fantastic. Check that box. Illinois State, top 10 team, demolish them. Check that box. Northern Iowa, top 10 team. All these teams in the top 10 have one thing in common. They're looking up at North Dakota State. And things don't get any easier tonight. Is the Bison travel to Youngstown, Ohio for a 5 o'clock kick against Bo Pelini's Penguins. Before last weekend, when the Penguins froze Western Illinois, they had lost three straight Missouri Valley Football Conference games. They won their first four. They have a schedule that's weaker than a 50-cent lawn chair from a garage sale early in the year. They got to the real tough games. UNI, South Dakota State, Southern Illinois all beat them. They roared back a little bit, and they are at 5-3 and three fighting for their playoff lives. If the Bison can beat Youngstown State, They are sitting awfully pretty because that means they'll have played every upper echelon team in the Valley while the rest of the group looking up at the Bison, South Dakota State, Northern Iowa, and Illinois State, they play each other today. The Bison would have some cushion there heading into the playoffs, trying to secure their ninth. How about that? That is remarkable. That is insane. That doesn't happen. Bruce Quick, Robbie Quick, out there listening. Big fans. I heard it here with Swanee guys. That doesn't happen. Nine straight conference championships. Those games against Youngstown State at Youngstown back in 2015 when Easton Stick was a freshman. The Bison trailed in the fourth quarter by double digits. Came roaring back. That's when Pelini had that epic, catastrophic meltdown. 2017, out in Youngstown, NDSU got down double digits early. That game looked like it was going to be ugly. Easton Stick did what Easton Stick does, led the comeback. The Bison won on a Camp Peterson kick in overtime. Games like that, that it could have gone either way whether it's in Brookings or Youngstown, to win and be competing for nine straight conference championships, this one would go a long way towards doing that. North Dakota State would have a significant lead in the Valley race. 8-0. Matt Entz, 
How about the job Matt Entz and his coaching staff are doing? And we're gonna we're gonna talk about the penalties because I've heard from you, Bison Nation. Ten penalties for a hundred yards last weekend. Those false starts drive me nuts, man. You got to clean that up when you're playing on the road, when you're playing this late in the year, when you're going into the playoffs. Matt Entz has said it. Chris Kleiman used to say it. Craig Bowl and Rocky Hager used to say it. The only team that's going to beat the Bison is the Bison. And the Bison almost beat the Bison last Saturday in Brookings. And I'm not talking about that halfback pass on the third and two late in the game. Going back and watching that, I know a lot of you, you didn't like the play call. It was there. It was there. Josh Babich, NDSU's tight end, was wide open down the field. Had Dimitri Williams been able to connect with him, he's going to rumble for 30, maybe 40 yards. There was not a jackrabbit in the vicinity around him. Unfortunately, we couldn't set the edge, get it blocked. Dimitri gets hit. Chucks the ball in the air. There's an interception. A couple plays later, Josh Hayes gets the ball right back for the buys. And I thought, you talk about dumb play calls. John Stigmeyer, that that was a dumb play call by him. It's not easy being a head coach. It's a lot easier being a sports talk guy on Saturday mornings, criticizing him for that. But you don't have to be a Nick Saban to understand that when you're playing your third-string quarterback, as South Dakota State was doing in the fourth quarter against the Bison in Brookings, a kid that was playing in high school this time last year at Wyzetta in Minnesota. SDSU has the ball in field goal range for their All-American kicker, Chase Venateri. It's third and nine. They had a third and four, and you talk about a really bad penalty. SDSU, first down run, they get four, five. Second down run, they pick up two. They're looking at a third and four. And they can give the ball to Strong. Pierre Strong put up over 100 against NDSU last Saturday when the Bison knew more often than not that cat was getting the football. But they have an offensive lineman jump, which sets up a third and nine. If I'm Stig, if I'm SDSU, I ask my kicker, where do you want the football for this kick? I don't tell my freshman quarterback we're going to throw the ball into the best secondary in the nation in NDSU secondary. That's what South Dakota State did. It cost them. Getting back, I digress. The only team that can beat the Bison is the Bison. The halfback pass, I have no problem with it. That fourth and one play, Man, who does that? That's I, I have no issue with that play call at all. Most coaches would not go for it in that situation, particularly coming off the third and two debacle halfback pass interception. Think about that for a moment. You're fourth and one at your own 29-yard line. The other team's playing their third-string quarterback. Your code green defense has been lights out most of the day. The safe call is to punt because nobody is going to criticize you and get up in your grill for electing to punt in that situation. But you go for it. We are having an entirely different discussion this week across every airwave in town. Every article you have read from the national level from guys like Craig Haley and Brian McLaughlin, 
the local guys, Chase Miller, myself, Jack Michaels, even Joel Heitkamp would get into the fray if the Bison wouldn't have picked up that first down. It would have been a third and two halfback pass. Fourth and one from your own 29. Their All-American kicker would have been in field goal range. They could have ran out the clock, tried to kick. Most coaches in that situation, a Nick Saban, a Dabo Sweeney, a Chris Kleiman, a Craig Bowl, a Bill Belichick would have elected to punt. And you've got Matt Entz in his first year. Says, let's play for the win. I believe in these Rams. I believe in this offensive line. Let's go for it. We're going to get this first down. And the Bison ripped off one of the most spectacular plays in school history for 71 yards. And that's not hyperbole. I'm not exaggerating. You guys know I exaggerate a lot. Not with this one, baby. And I'll tell you why. What was on the line last Saturday when Matt Ants elected to go for it on fourth and one and made that gutsy, that ballsy decision? The Dakota marker is on the line. ESPN in Brookings, Chase Miller and myself were broadcasting live from the Brookings Buffalo Wild Wings. That was the first sellout in South Dakota State's new stadium in the last five or six years, however long that's been open. That was the first time they sold it out. It was packed. Jackrabbit Nation was all kinds of jacked up for that one. They wanted it bad. Stigemeyer wanted it bad. Roseboom wanted it bad. That team, South Dakota State, thought they were winning. That fan base thought they were winning. How can we lose ESPN College Game Day? Desmond Howard, Kirk Herbstreet, Lee Corso. They're in town. We're not losing to the Bison. The Bison, in that context, on the biggest stage that South Dakota State has ever had in their athletic program's history, the biggest single stage, the eyes of a college football nation upon them, a packed house, 19,000-plus people in the Dyke House, the entire state of South Dakota. They could have galvanized a fan base. They, had they beat the Bison, probably would have been the number one team in the country for the first time in school history. A Missouri Valley Football Conference title on the line. A high playoff seed, a number one or two seed, ensuring that the road to Frisco would have went through Brookings on the line. And Matt N says, let's go for it. He says, I don't care what anyone in the media or the fan base says. This is the right call because I believe in my offensive line. And the Bison go for it, and they rip the guts out of South Dakota State. That is why that play is one of the biggest plays in football history. You went in to your rival's house on the biggest day they've ever had, and not only did you beat them, you ripped their heart out. Their fan base, my brother-in-law, Jeff, great guy, love Jeff. Him and my father-in-law, Al, we were down at the game. My other brother-in-law, Lloyd. That fan base was stunned. They were absolutely stunned because this keeps happening to them. The Bison on the day that was supposed to belong to South Dakota State, the Bison did it again. The Bison are 11-2 against South Dakota State since 2011 during this championship run, 4-0 and 
in the playoffs. The Bison did it again. And any momentum that that athletic department and that football team had going into that game, NDSU grabbed it by the haunches and they took it away. These schools compete for the same recruits. They're competing for conference championships. And NDSU went into that stadium and they won. They took the win. They said, this game belongs to us. And the moment wasn't too big for the Bison. The moment wasn't too big for Matt Entz or Trey Lance. You have a first-year head coach who's not coaching afraid. That's what I love about Matt Entz. I've said he's a riverboat gambler. He's more methodical than that. He is one hell of a football coach. He's out there coaching like a dude that has been a head coach in more than eight games. He's got a team that's playing with confidence. That is so huge in the game of football. When a bunch of players know their coach believes in them, that he's not afraid with the game and a conference championship and the Dakota marker and a high playoff seat on the line from his own 29-yard line to put the ball in his freshman quarterback's hands in his offensive line, giving it to Adam Cofield. NDSU is playing with an extreme amount of confidence right now, heading into the playoffs. And how about this? I'll give you an analogy. You have two runners, because I hear you, 10 penalties, the Bison got to fix that. There's some, there some issues in the passing game. Trey Lance missed Phoenix Sproles for a huge touchdown pass that might have salted the game away midway through the fourth quarter after a drive-killing penalty on a hold. I get that. I understand that. But think about this. Even with 10 penalties for 100 yards, only completing something like six or seven passes for 62 yards. SDSU has one of the best defenses in the FCS. They were playing at home. The Bison rushed for 340 yards against them. At some point in the next few weeks, this offense will start clicking. They will become methodical and surgical, and they will be a machine. That passing game is going to come together. And when it does, how do you defend that? How do you defend against a guy who's not afraid to let his offensive coordinator and Tyler roll? And how about Tyler roll? A-plus, man. A-plus. First-year offensive coordinator. How many guys would have the stones to call a halfback pass and not be afraid to dial that up on a third and two? Most coaches, his senior, would have done the safe route, pounded it, power right up A-gap in the middle, maybe off tackle. No way do they do a halfback pass. Tyler Roll isn't coaching afraid. I love that. I love that this coaching staff is going out there and being aggressive. And we've heard Matt and say, we want to give other teams stuff to prepare for. How do you prepare for that? If you're Bo Pelini and the Penguins. Bo Pelini has a Super Bowl ring. 1995, San Francisco 49ers. He was their defensive backs coach. Super Bowl 29. He coached in the NFL until 2002. He did stints with the Patriots and the Packers. He was the defensive coordinator at Nebraska, at Oklahoma, and at LSU. Bo Pelini 
has got a national championship coaching for Les Miles and the LSU Tigers. When he was at Nebraska, Nebraska is so dumb. They're so dumb. Look at how Nebraska's doing now. No offense to Scott Frost, their head coach. They had a coach in Polini in six years. The worst he did, seven years, excuse me, was nine wins. He had four nine-win seasons and three ten-win seasons. That's pretty good no matter where you're at. This guy can coach football. He is one of the best defensive minds in college football, temper tantrums notwithstanding. Tyler Roll and the Bison offense, they're going up against that tonight. I am excited to see what Tyler Roll does. I am excited to see what Trey Lance and Christian Watson and that cornucopia of tight ends and Phoenix Sproles does. The Bison offense is going to be tested tonight, and I think they ace that test with flying colors. This is Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan, 107.3 FM. Make sure to check out our show page at 740thefan.com. Go to the podcast tab and also check out The Thunder and Heardcast, the new podcast I'm doing over here for The Fan. It's on Apple iTunes for free. Search The Thundering Heardcast. We got Chase Miller and Nolan Schmidt of the Bison Illustrated coming up. We're going to talk playoff scenarios. How do we clean up these penalties? Matt Entz having a set of bean bags the size of two great lawn chairs. That's what I'm talking about, baby. So stick around. More Heard It Here with Swanee coming up right after this. Listen here, buys and country, as Swanee and the rest of the folks at the home ranch lasso up the good, bad, and mostly the ugly, the really ugly, like a hard day and night of tailgating for 15 hours ugly, of NDSU's opponents on the Thundering Herd cast. Speaking of the good, want to thank our fabulous sponsors of the Thundering Herdcast and Heard It Here with Swanee coming at you live this Saturday morning. If you're driving in the Fargo Metro, use a little bit of caution. The roads, they are just a touch icy this morning. Want to thank Seaberg Power Sports, Welton's Tire Service, Altendorf Trucking and Express, and Yankee Insurance. Word on the street is that NDSU is going with the White tops, yellow pants, and yellow helmets tonight in Youngstown, Ohio against the 5-3 and three Penguins in a key Missouri Valley football conference showdown as NDSU offensively looks to get back on track and to get into a rhythm. And it's not like NDSU hasn't been able to move the football. NDSU is fourth in the country in rushing with just a shade under 300 yards a game. That's a lot. 300 yards rushing is a lot of rushing. Even for the option teams of yesteryear, 300 yards is a lot of rushing. If you would have told me, Bison Nation, if you would have told me last Saturday morning on these airwaves, hey, Swanee, the Bison are going to rush for 340 yards against the Jackrabbits, one of the best defenses In the FCS, of course, not as good as the Bison defense. We know that that's self-evident, apparent, and righteous. South Dakota State's got a pretty doggone good front seven. 
They got a good defense. If you would have told me the Bison rushed for 340 yards against those Jokers, I would have said NDSU scoring 40 points. The Bison hurt themselves with penalties. First drive of the game. Subjective thing, the offensive pass interference. I don't know. I'm not an official. He had a better angle than I did. He thought there was a pass interference. The call is the call. You can't change that. That takes a touchdown off the board. It also backs NDSU up where they don't even get a field goal out of the drive. So they don't get points because of a penalty. They had moved the ball all the way down to, I think, like South Dakota State's 12 or wherever we were at on that penalty. Fast forward, second quarter, NDSU is driving. The Bison moved the ball most of the day. They get down inside SDSU's 10-yard line in the shadow of the Dyke House down there in Brookings, and then they have a false start. Another penalty pushes the ball back. They go from goal to go inside the 10 to outside of the 10. That makes you a lot easier to defend when you're in a situation like that, and the Bison had to settle for a field goal. You got to clean up the penalties. Nolan Schmidt, Chase Miller, this Bison team, if they can clean up the penalties, they can't do that in Youngstown, Ohio tonight against the Bo Pelini defense. If the Bison have 10 penalties for 100 yards, they will lose the football game. And on the other side of the coin, the Bison are 8 0. Here I am complaining about penalties in an offense where if you ask Tyler Roll or Matt Entz or Randy Hedberg about the passing game, They will tell you that some plays have been left on the field. They need to convert those kind of big play opportunities like Trey to Phoenix that was there in the fourth quarter that may have put that game away. I get that, and I agree with that. Trey Lance has not turned the ball over. Eight games into the season, playing in the toughest conference in the FCS with some of the best defenses in the country, Trey Lance has zero interceptions, in zero fumbles. He's taking care of the football. Why does that matter? We've told you on these airwaves why that matters. If you're the Bison offense, if you can put up 20 points in 95 games out of 100, the code green defense will make that stand up for the win. If you're the Bison offense, you don't need to be scoring 50. That's not how NDSU has won seven of the last eight national championships. You do what they did last week. The Bison had a Two-score lead in the fourth quarter. Credit to South Dakota State for fighting back. But the Bison M.O. is to move the ball, pick up the first downs. And the quarterback needs to protect the ball. Because if you're protecting the ball and making other teams try to go 70 or 80 yards against you, how does that work out? Ask South Dakota State and Johnny T. how that worked out. They mustered 16 points. Teams are not going to go all day long seven plays, 75 yards against the Bison defense. So if you take care of the football, you're halfway there, man. But Nolan Schmidt, I'll start with you. 8 no is great. There's stuff to work on, though. Yeah, you talk about the penalties, and I'm thinking about it. It's the common opinion of anybody to look at 10 penalties for however many yards they had against South Dakota State and assume that... You know, if they do that today in Youngstown, that'll lose them the game, right? But 
they did it against arguably the second best team in the country at the time, the third best team in the country, and definitely the definitive second best team in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, and they still won. So I don't know if I'm so sure. Obviously, yes. If you're Matt Entz, if you're Tyler Roll, if you're David Braun, you want to clean up those penalties. Some of those penalties, I think, I think of like a Cordell Volson false start before really the ball was even touched by Carson Schoening. Brutal. That's. Is that Dakota Marker nerves? Maybe. I mean, they're on the goal line looking to score their first touchdown of the game at that time. Could have been nerves, and it, and it killed that drive. There's no there's no two ways about that. But I think even if I, I don't want to say even if they get ten penalties because there's a good chance they won't get ten penalties today. But they still beat South Dakota State with ten penalties. They still rush for over 300 yards with 10 penalties. And you bring up Trey Lance not turning the ball over. One pass attempt away from tying Easton Stick's record for most pass attempts without throwing an interception. As long as nothing goes haywire today, he's going to break that school record. I think that's miraculous for a redshirt freshman quarterback. We can obviously sit here for an 8-0 football team and we can nitpick this and that. But ultimately, you, you said it right, Swanee. This is an 8-0 football team with a quarterback under center who is 19 years of age and who has not thrown an interception in 151 pass attempts through eight games. I don't know. I, and, and you rush for over 300 yards against arguably the second-best defense in the conference. It's something, Chase Miller, that gets lost in the shuffle. Smart quarterback play. Don't put your team in a negative situation in short yardage field. And Trey Lance... And the Bison coaching staff have done a great job through this point of the year to do that. It's a formula that has worked very well. And the one thing we always talk about is getting uh, on schedule, right? And I don't think it, it doesn't matter if it's a air raid team. It doesn't matter if it's an option team or a power physical running team. If you're off schedule and you have to deal with third and eight, third and 10, third and 12, yes, the air raid is more... Uh, conducive to probably converting those third and longs because they they're looking to get seven, 10, 12 yards, you know, per pass. But if you get off schedule, all of a sudden you're going to find yourself in a situation where a quarterback's probably going to make a boneheaded kind of play. Like we saw with South Dakota state after the bison turned the ball over with Dimitri Williams, with that halfback pass, Josh Hayes is just sitting there waiting for the football on a third and nine. Well, there you go. It's a third and nine play, not a third and four, and that was with the flag. So one thing that Trey Lance, I think I've been most impressed with guys early on is the fact that if he has to throw it away, he'll throw it away. He doesn't put it into horrible situations. There's a couple of throws in Brookings. Maybe it was the wind, or maybe he just goes, you know what? The pocket's collapsing. I see Watson's going on a you know, a sluggo. I'm just going to throw it, but it's going to get overthrown, and no one is going to be able to catch it. And we're finding ways where Trey Lance isn't putting North Dakota State in bad situations through the air right now. There was a fumble or two that obviously has to get uh, rectified a little bit. You know, there was one or two times we've seen a read option that maybe had a miscue, but that's going to happen. It's football. Every time you're on the read option, you're going to have an opportunity for the ball to hit the deck. But at the end of the day, if Trey Lance can continue to do what he did, when the Bison didn't, they didn't even need 70 yards passing to win a football game. I think that probably scares a lot of opponents going, okay, we know how to beat the Bison, right? You're going to load the box, but one-on-one coverage on the outside, probably don't even have a safety. But if I look at those stats and I'm an upcoming opponent for North Dakota State and I go, they didn't even need 70 yards passing from Trey Lance to win a football game. 
that's where all of a sudden you probably your eyes start getting a little bit bigger and going, okay, how can we really limit the running game then? Because they're going to run it at us 40 times a game, and you know it's coming if you're the opposition. And we're going to unpack that after we get back from the commercial break. By the nation, we love you. Thanks for tuning in to Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan, we're going to talk about exactly that. I expect Bo Pelini to put his cornerbacks on an island, man-on-man, mano-e-mano, with those Bison receivers. So the big play opportunity will be there tonight. Can the Bison take advantage of it? More heard it here with Swanee. We'll tell you, so stay tuned. Yes, sir. At NDSU, unlike the no-good cattle rustlers and horse wranglers down south on I-29, it's always a bonanza. Every week, Swanee brings you his key moments behind the herd's bountiful harvest. Giddy up, bison country. This is Joshua A. Swanson, and I'm telling you this morning that the bison, according to my sources, are going to come out against Youngstown State, and you know they'll be ready to play football because the Bison are the best team in South Dakota State. It's just a joke. During the break, we were uh, talking about... Your middle about, name is A. Yeah, Joshua. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, man. I love, Stephen A. Smith, we were talking about him during the break. That's what we do in the studio here Saturday morning, and I do a terrible impersonation. Stephen A. Smith has got mad skills, man. Pat McAfee, McAtee, that clown is on game day again, picking against NDSU. That rotten, no good horse wrangler, cattle thief, wearing like boxer shorts or something. That that shtick isn't going to get old anytime soon. But you're locked and loaded on herded here with Swanee. Want to thank our sponsor, Seaberg Power Sports, Welton's Tire Service, Altendorf Trucking and Express, and Yankee Insurance. We got Chase Miller from 740 The Fan and Nolan Schmidt from Bison Illustrated on. The FCS Face the Nation Roundtable. We got Zach running the board, keeping the trains on the track today. Earlier this week, Bo Pelini, he was talking about North Dakota State. As I mentioned earlier in the show, he's no stranger to big-time football. He's got an FBS National Championship. He won a division title, West Division, when it was called, I think, the Legends at Nebraska. Three 10-win seasons. Won a Super Bowl with the 49ers. Here's what Polini had to say about why NDSU is so good. They have their system and they run it, and they run it at a high level. And I think that's a testament to, to good football teams and good, and good programs is they're going to do their stuff. They're going to run what they run, and they're going to make you stop it. There are no tricks. The Bison don't hide what they do. They don't try to come up with some new fangled scheme or system week to week. They line up and they run the ball. They want to get that play action game going. If they do that, moving forward during the rest of the Valley slate, they are going to be an impossible out, I think. I don't think anybody in the FCS can touch the Bison if they get the play action game going. It just gives teams too much to defend. If you're loading eight or nine guys in the box and Christian Watson and Phoenix Sproles and Jimmy K have man coverage and you got those tight ends, if you can work them into the game plan, which I expect to see the Bison to do tonight, I think they will be very effective. I want to go to to one more cut here, Zach. Let's tee up that Matt Ent sound 
from earlier in the week, Coach Ant's talking about how important it is that the Bison play well early tonight. For us to go on the road, we need to play well early during the course of the game. And if you remember last time we were out there, but we didn't play very well early. And we kind of got ourselves behind uh, the eight ball a little bit. We need to, we need to get out and, and get going early in this game. I expect early on, Nolan Schmidt, that Tyler Roll and the Bison offense will look to stretch that Youngstown State defense to maybe take some pressure off the running game. I look for the Bison to be very Illinois State-esque early in the game, maybe running a running back out of the backfield in that delta formation, trying to connect on a big play or taking a shot down the field. And, and you know, Bo Pelini brings up, obviously, a great point of, of they have their system and they run it and they, they bring it up to the line, like you said, and, and run the football. But I, I think this year, as compared to recent years, Tyler Roll's been, been doing a good job of, I don't want to say putting a shock to the system, but he, he's been, you know, when's the last time you saw a halfback pass? I know it was a third and whatever, and it got intercepted. When was the last time you saw NDSU try to execute a halfback pass? When was the last time you saw NDSU consistently go for it on fourth down? When was the last time they went for, for two points on a consistent basis game to game? It's been a long time, if ever. So I, I think there are some subtle variations in this year's NDSU team that maybe Bo Pelini and his defense aren't necessarily ready for. And I think you bring up a point where I, I think if you're you know, putting your cornerbacks on an island, you have to rely on Phoenix Sproles and Christian Watson to run some really good routes, which they are capable of, to make a big play. I, I think Tyler Roll throws something at this Penguins defense early that they've never seen before. It, it might be in that first 20, 25 scripted plays that we always talk about. But I think Tyler Tyler Roll is going to throw a big punch early. And you, t- Chase, talking about that, the first drive last week, the Bison in SDSU's red zone, they came out with some razzle-dazzle, a play that would have been a touchdown but for the offensive pass interference. That That's what I love so much about this coaching staff is that they're not afraid to call plays like that. Before with the Bison, and it's not a knock, Chris Kleiman just beat Oklahoma, who is one of the best teams in the country. He's doing pretty well for himself. Craig Bowl is doing all right at Wyoming. The Bison have had some very capable coaches, national coaches of the year. Kleiman's got four national championships under his belt as a head coach. Craig Bowl has three. But there was a conservative kind of feel to it. You would, I don't think you would have ever expected in the situation last week to see Chris Kleiman or a Craig Bowl whipping out a halfback pass or that fourth down play or that razzle-dazzle stuff. It's like Varsity Blues. One, two, three, four. Five receivers? Oop-de-oop. Oop-de-oop. I like that about this staff. And I'm curious how they continue to go about it. You know, the question becomes uh, one thing that we talked about earlier this week, Swanee, and and I think Nolan probably saw it too. There was never really any power game against South Dakota State, right? And traditionally, we've seen North Dakota State when a vegan-led offense was, well, here's what we got. We're gonna throw some wrinkles in, but we're we're gonna run we're gonna run our stuff. We're gonna run power. We're gonna run uh, uh, right up the middle through the A and B gaps and see if you can stop us. And if you can't, then we'll maybe come up with some adjustments throughout the game. Well, North Dakota State went. We're not going through Roseboom. We're going to make him cover some ground. And if he can't get there, then we can probably get a first down 10, 15-yard rush. Uh, And so against Youngstown State, another physical front seven that the Bison are going to face, the question becomes they go back to a certain 
kind of play because against Northern Iowa, we rarely saw the stretch play throughout the season. And all of a sudden, here comes 10, 15 times where they're running the stretch play to the boundary off tackle. And now against uh, U, uh, South Dakota State, that was the most that we've really saw. Nolan, I think, of a quarterback read option in terms of having Ty Brooks back there or having a jet sweep with Sproles or Watson come in. So what's the wrinkle, I guess, this week for North Dakota State's offense? They go back to the A-gap, and something that I want to see from NDSU is – put Trey Lance in a Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings-esque play-action rollout eye formation and let him either run the ball or throw it down the field for a 10 or big-time game, and I think that might be the wrinkle that we see this weekend. It, it seems like they have more speed in the backfield, right? Trey Lance is, I mean, you can line him up with Carson Wentz or Easton Stick, and I think he's probably going to win the race, right? He's faster than both of them. Ty Brooks is one of the fastest players to come through NDSU, Adam Cofield showed that he has tremendous speed on that 71-yard run on fourth and one. Kobe Johnson's incredibly fast for a true freshman. And Demetri Williams offers for some really good speed, too. I think that's why we're maybe not seeing those guys go in between the gaps. Ty Brooks, for how fast he is and how good he is, he's not he's not going to be an A and B gap runner. He wants to get outside the tackles. He wants to make people miss uh, outside the tackles. And same to a degree with Adam Cofield, Demetri Williams, and Kobe, and Kobe Johnson. They want to get outside the tackles and make plays and break tackles. I think that's why we see it. I'm not saying that they don't revisit that, but... I have a hard time believing that Bo Pelini isn't game planning take for away an A, a gap, and B gap. Take you know away power. I, I really do, because he's he's seen it so often from North Dakota State, and I think they've been very successful in stopping North Dakota State in the A and B gaps. I, I don't see why. I, you know, I don't know. I think it'd be an oversight if Pelini didn't game plan for it at least. Just what? based on South Dakota State. Why is that guy always so mad? Man, we could spend like <laughs> an hour talking about that alone, who pooped in his cereal every morning, because that guy is just always upset about something. I, I don't understand it. Like, you get a free coffee. He's a guy you walk into, you know, Starbucks or Beans or a coffee place. Person in front of him is like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good today. It's a Friday at work. I'm going to pay it forward. I'm going to buy the coffee for the guy behind me. And Polini would be like, I don't want your free coffee. Get this. I don't want your latte. I'm I'm Bo Polini. I'm I'm a black coffee guy. Yeah, I'm just drinking that crap. (laughs) I don't know why he's so mad. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why he's mad. But I want to talk about that. We'll do game predictions coming up after the last break here. Ty Brooks has 12 plays of more than 20 yards this year. That touchdown, I think, last week came right up the middle. I think teams, Nolan, get so focused on defending him on the outside where they're game planning, and they think, okay, 28 is in there. we got to worry about the edge and the perimeter, and the buys and jam it right up the gut, by golly gee, for a touchdown. We'll do game day predictions, and then we'll tell you why we think Bo Pelini is always so mad. Coming up on Heard It Here with Swanee. Oh my God, are you serious? Shout out to all you moms out there, all you mothers. I know it's not Mother's Day, Libby and I with Maverick. I got to find a way to talk about my little guy, Maverick. He'll be watching the game tonight with Dad. He had a rough night last night, man. He was up like every hour, and I can't do anything about it because if he tries eating from me, he's going to get some hair in his teeth. You know, I'm not – can't milk me, right? What's that show, that uh, Meet the Parents? 
Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, Nolan's just totally taking it back. He's like, that's where you went, Swanee? Like, <laughs> Nolan was not ready for this by 9 o'clock in the morning. I thought, I thought yeah. we were talking about why Polini's all mad, and now I'm hearing you know, hair from <laughs> Maverick and Swanee. Good Lord. The point being, my wife is a rock star, man. She, you know, She's home listening. Mav was up all night, and all you moms, you're tough, and I respect the heck out of you. So I, it has nothing to do with the show. I suppose it does, but I'm here because, you know, Libby's letting me be here. And just all you moms out there, mad respect, mad appreciation. Totally a a segue, not even in the same ballpark. Here's Bo Pelini saying that Matt Ence is ballsy. (laughs) He made a ballsy call, went for fourth and one on his own 29, and guy goes, what, maybe 71 yards, something like that. They made the play. South Dakota State didn't. That's what it comes down to. You you got to put yourself in position, and when that when that time comes to make a play, you better make a play. You know, for as good as a defensive coach as Pelini is, guys, this week Youngstown State was taking time at practice, game planning for halfback passes, for fourth and ones when NDSU has the ball around midfield for those two point conversions. That stuff is very real. When Matt End says that. The Bison are going to make teams defend the whole field. Nolan Schmidt, the Bison are are doing that, and and Pelini and his guys, they've got to be ready for anything. And when you're playing the number one team in the country, you're dealing with a lot already. You're dealing with a ton of stuff. Now add that onto the plate. Well, I think historically, we ha- we've haven't we've seen very few games between the Penguins and the Bison that are quote unquote bad. Right? Last year, only seventeen to seven. That was, you know, I think in my opinion, that was. NDSU's worst performance last year in a 15-0 national championship season. That was, you know, arguably one of the best teams in program history. Uh, the year before that, took him to overtime. Cam Peterson needed to, needed a field goal in overtime in order to win that game in Youngstown. Um, and then a few years before that, I think Youngstown was up 24 to 10 or something like that, and NDSU had to come back and, and get a 17 point, 17 unanswered points to win the game. Uh, that was the year Easton Stick came in relief for for Carson Wentz. So, you know, Bo Pelini's knows how to game plan against these guys. I think more, maybe him and John Stigelmeyer are probably the two coaches that have done, I think, the best job of fully game planning for a team to where they can be competitive regardless of where Youngstown is at during their season. Last year, they were out of the playoff race. They had no business playing coming into the Fargo Dome and competing in that game. And what happens, it's a 17-7 to game, and you know, outside of that you know, weird spike at the end of the half by Nathan Mays, there, that might be a different football game, and so I think regardless of whatever you want to say about Youngstown, they're five and three, they're this, they're that. They're always going to be competitive with NDSU, and I think a lot of it has to do with Bo Pelini. I don't, Chase. I don't. The eighteen point spread. Vegas has the buys, and they opened earlier in the week. That's as a Swanee spread. That's a Swanee spread, man. That's a lot. That's a Swanee spread. I, a game like this, I think another one points at a premium. I think it's a game real similar to the game in Brookings last week. Just because Pelini led defenses, they're athletic, they're fast, they're coached up. NDSU is going to need to play well to win. And the one thing that I think in this one is if Youngstown State loses, their season could be could be on the borderline of on life support a little bit. Yes, they have South Dakota. Yes, they have Indiana State. Both of those, however, on the road. SIU's a bad loss. Number one. And then number two, you finish the season at home against Illinois State. I don't know if you want to go into a game against the Redbirds with 
four losses on your resume. If you lose today to NDSU, then you have to take care of business in Vermilion. Then you have to take care of business in Terre Haute before you play Illinois State. And Illinois State has a large game with Northern Iowa later today as well. So where the Redbirds going to be at? Because that could be a play in to get into the postseason kind of game or you lose and you're done. I'm not sure where the bubble is, but Youngstown State doesn't have a sexy win on their schedule. Samford is not a sexy win. NDSU would be a feather in your cap. You're going to make the playoffs. You can go, you know, 2 and 1 down the stretch, even 1 and 2 for that matter down the stretch and probably get in. So that's why I think this game is so big for Youngstown State where if you lose and you lose by let's say that that 18 point spread and it doesn't look pretty, you're not going to look good on the resume because these last 4 weeks guys for teams like UND, UNI, Youngstown State, some teams in the big Sky, there's a team or two in the CAA. Here's where you start scoreboard watching, and you got to take care of your own business on the field. But at the same point, a lot of people are hoping NDSU goes in there and rolls Youngstown State because one less team that might earn at at large berth. Because if Youngstown State wins this game, guys, they're in the playoffs as long as they don't stub their toe for three straight losses to end the year. This is a game that is so critical for them. Desperation is a stinky cologne, and they'll look to spray that. Desperation all over. Their non-conference slate, Robert Morris, who was a big financier for George Washington Washington during the Revolution. So, you know, impress your friends with that today over coffee. <laughs> Duquesne, who is probably a French guy. Howard, they're playing guys with names. Is this is this a Youngstown thing? Maybe that's why Pliny's mad. They got Howard, Duquesne, Sanford's after Sanford, Sanford and Robert Morris. <laughs> yeah. Those are their four wins. They haven't beaten anybody. We should tell our listeners that today's game on TV is the Missouri Valley Football Conference Game of the week and will be exclusive to ESPN Plus subscribers on ESPN.com and the ESPN app. You have to sign up for a subscription. I think it's on a month-to-month basis. Five bucks. Five bucks. So that's what it's going to cost for the game. Go to ESPN.com and look for ESPN Plus. The game will not be on statewide NBC this week because of a deal the Missouri Valley has with ESPN Plus, but let's let's get into it. The prediction segment before I go all thirty points buys and lay it on me, fellas. What do you got? I I like Youngstown State's defense to be able to hold NDSU's defense early, but I don't think we are talking about Youngstown's offense enough. I don't know if they can sustain enough drives to. Not even it's not even about remaining competitive. It's about just if it's late in the fourth quarter and Nathan Mays needs to drive down the field. Nathan Mays has played great against NDSU in his career, but I don't trust him to do that, and I don't trust the Youngstown offense to do that. I think it'll be a little close. I'll say 27-13 NDSU. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I, I like 24-17 again. I just think kind of what that Brookings game down in down in Brookings last week. That same kind of feel is what they're gonna get later today. And if the Bison do get down early. And it is a double-digit score early. It might be a little bit different of a ball game, but I think the Bison have enough pieces, enough weapons to get this job done, get to 24-17. To quote the great Billy Madison, it's too damn hot out for a penguin. The people at the zoo will treat you real respectable-like. Tonight, the Bison are the zookeepers, and the penguins are going to be put on ice in their cage. Tight game at half. The Bison blow this thing out in the second half. We're going 42-10. to 10. Bison, let's get nuts. For Chase Miller, Nolich Schmidt, I'm Josh Swanson reminding you the strength of the herd is the Bison, and the strength of the Bison is the herd. Uh,